0: Limerick today with Joan Ash on Live 95.
1: Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, a Limerick mum and former alcoholic believes people are turning to drink more and more during the pandemic. Trish Mullins believes people are staying at home longer during lockdown, drinking more, and this is in turn leading to alcoholism with people suffering and Trish is sober 8 years herself, has given talks to people in treatment for years and believes education is absolutely the key and she's on the line to tell us a bit more this morning. Uh, you're welcome Trish, thank you very much. Uh, for Hi, good morning. To us. Um, so From your perspective, I think you believe that the cause of the AA has been set back many years by lockdowns and by this pandemic.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I do, um, because we can see it in the meetings. You know, I would be vigilant in going to meetings that go to maybe two or three a week at least. And unfortunately, we can see members that would be as, you know, as long going as maybe 25 years. That have stopped going and and have relapsed um, because they thought they didn't need meetings. And when they were shut down, obviously, there wasn't a chance or a choice. And the Zoom meetings just obviously didn't do it for them, unfortunately. Um, But like if you take it back even to a treatment centre, lockdown is everything you're told not to do. You are told never to isolate. You are told, you know, um, talk as much as you can, do things, keep active, stay outside, you know, get in in hobbies, go to films, meet with friends, everything we can do. So for somebody that even would be just, you know, a newly fledged, if I'd say, coming out of a treatment centre, it is such a hard time because we're doing everything you would not be allowed to do in a treatment centre. Yeah. You would not be allowed to walk around the grounds of a treatment centre on your own. Right. No. I, I, I Unlike, also
1: think, Trish, I mean, I know myself, it is easier to have an extra glass of wine or an extra beer at home at the is. moment.
0: Of course it is. I mean, you know, it, it it it's an awful lot to do with boredom, you know. And sitting down and just think, God, oh, what will I do? I'll have a glass of wine. Sure, I'm not driving, and I'm not. I don't have to collect the kids, and I don't have to do anything. You know, if I was if if I was drinking, this would be my perfect time. I would have no, you know, um, responsibilities as such. I wouldn't particularly have people calling. My parents couldn't have called, so nobody could have seen me. So it was a perfect time.
1: And Trish, is it harder for you to stay sober then at the moment than it would be if we weren't in the pandemic?
0: Incredibly, so not. And 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 I'm one of a few, and I know that. Like I am very blessed. I don't get what you would call compulsions, and I never did. Once I finally gave it up, but I mean, when when I you know got sober, it took me about five years. I've gone on it and off it and on it and off it. And like, I'm not your regular um, drinking story. I took my first drink at maybe 16, 17. I remember in a toilet with a friend called Claire because we knew we were kind of underage in the motel. And I hated it. So I started drinking and finished drinking the, way, the exact same. I would drink neat vodka and then I would drink my 7-Up and enjoy it. I never ever liked alcohol. And from the age of 17 to probably about 29, 30, I was never a drinker. But, you know, life threw me, you know, curveballs, you know, situations happened. um, And I had huge responsibilities at that stage. I had a mortgage of half a million. I had 15 staff. I had two four-and-a-half-year-old kids. And I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden then, you know, I, I I had friends and they were calling and we were opening a bottle of wine and having a glass of wine. And this edge was, t- this was going, you know, it was t- taking it away. And it was just when I was sitting there on my own, it was the easiest thing to do in the evening, just open open a bottle of wine. And if anybody knows anything about alcohol, it will increase in no time. Yeah. Certainly one glass will lead another to another. And then you'll say, I'm not going to open that second bottle now. And the next thing
1: you know, it's opened. I, I know now, um, I, when I, you were chatting I, to Anne-Marie, uh, Trish, we were chatting to Trish Mullins this morning. Um, she was really struck by the story you told of waking up in the hospital and, and seeing your family looking back did, at you.
0: Yeah. yeah, like this will tell you, I, I grew up in an absolutely loving home with two parents that never drank, there was never drink that I would be, you know, drawn to or that it was around or I thought of or or, or a reason for me to be inclined to go that way, if you like. So for two years, like the cleverness of it, you, you become so, Jesus, I don't know, so clever, I used to invite my parents who live five minutes away for dinner on a Sunday so they wouldn't be calling then wondering or they might catch me drunk. And I would phone my mother in the morning when I was sober so that I could drink because she'd know if my voice was slurred. And the first time they knew that I had a drink problem or I was a blown out alcoholic was when I was at home, I collapsed. I do remember collapsing. It was a seizure. I don't remember anymore, but what I was told was I was taken to the bonds in Cork and I was so bad I had another seizure going in the door and I was put on life support for 5 days.
1: And when I you was that bad. When you woke up, Trish, with your family looking at you, what was your first thought?
0: Uh, uh, honestly, Honestly, my very first thought was, holy gosh, how am I going to get drink now? They all know. I didn't care that my poor mother had to fly home from her dream holiday of meeting her sisters in Australia. She had only been there two days to get and she got a, a, a call to say that I was in intensive care and she needed to come home immediately, that the chances were 20%. She told them they had the wrong girl. Like, when I went into a treatment centre, my parents told the counsellors they never saw me drunk. I had a cut-off pint, like, I mean, the joke was I would go out and the girls would hide either my bag or my wallet. Because I wouldn't say goodbye to anyone. I'd just go. I'd have a cut-off mind I'd just go home.
1: The Irish goodbye.
0: Yeah. You know, it was just, I was drinking to cope with what was going on around me. And, and, and because and the, emotionally, I was broken.
1: And the extraordinary thing, Trish, is I think you're off drink eight years now, but you yeah. have relapsed, haven't you, in the past?
0: After four years. And I did this very much... Organized. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't something that just happened. I decided this. I was going out with a really nice guy from Truely, but he was working in Jordan at the time as a teacher. So I was going to go to Jordan for ten days, and I said, "You know what? I'll drink for ten days because I'm not for four years now, and I won't even drink vodka. I'll drink. I'll drink rum because I. You know that would be better." And to say, like, that is the nuclear bomb going off is, is just... I mean, once I took one temple of it, I had no control. None whatsoever. The entire thing was a disaster. And on the day I was to come home, he was teaching, and he was coming home and taking me to the airport. And me being stubborn decided I'd get a taxi and go hours before I should. Bought a bottle of rum in a Muslim country. And went into the airport, fell and fractured my nose and had two black eyes. And only that there was this chic of some sort that had authority allowed me to get on that wheelchair or on that plane in a wheelchair. Like, look, talk about look being with me and God looking over me. And, and do you... I mean, do you believe then that
1: you're always an alcoholic, that it, you know, it's, it's always there? A
0: hundred percent. I, I I actually read it the other day on the AA website. Um, you know, somebody questioning, is it okay to have three or four pints? If you believe that it would stop at that, then you still don't believe that you're an alcoholic. There is no, there is no in between. It's, 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 It's an addiction, like it's, it's something that your body craves. And the second it gets it, it's never enough. Now, I can quite happily um, sit around with people drinking, not in any way having a desire for it. You know, I can go into Tesco now. I couldn't go into Tesco for four months because Tesco was my pub. I never drank really socially because I had children. I couldn't really go out that much. So I would drink at home. So, I mean, it ended up drinking neat nice vodka from a bottle and having a bottle of seven up alongside it. Right. There was no pleasure in it.
1: And Trish, your amazing story. I know you want to reach out. You want to be involved in teaching, especially young people, about you alcohol. Know,
0: yeah. I I've done these talks in schools and I can see these children, and you can almost see the want in them, and you can see the the kids that that are either from the troubled families or can see themselves, because unfortunately it's getting that young. I was asked yesterday, did I give a talk in a primary school? The ages of, of children drinking now are going to eight and nine. And probably because of the pandemic, that it's around at home, you know monkeys see what monkey do, you know it's 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 just it's terrible, but when I do these talks, the children will come up to me, you know, and they'll be gobsmacked to see like this, this girl that dressed good, you know and she's makeup on, and she looks perfect, and like there's nothing wrong with her, and they'll you know they're gobsmacked like that an alcoholic is their waiting for this you know brown paper bag or this disheveled looking person but like you can turn your life around and you can do it you know pretty fast as long as you don't take the first drink and you keep going to meetings. If you stop going to meetings you will
1: drink. Yeah, and, and, that, and that brings us around to the very first point we were making, that during the pandemic, all of that is much, much more challenging. And as you say, the Zoom AA meetings don't always suit everybody. Well, Trish Mullins, thank you very much for telling us your incredible story. And I know we've only scratched the surface of it. And uh, I think the fact that you're prepared to reach out, talk to us, particularly talk to young people, is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time.